Hello and welcome to Real Talk for Mums. Two personal trainers coming together through birth trauma to bring laughs, tears and a lot of real talk around the health and well-being of mums. Unedited, raw and unapologetically ourselves, Mags and myself, Lara, aim to empower mums with the knowledge and support they deserve to live their best lives. Come join us for a new episode every week. recording in progress cool okay we're on ah. hello everybody my name is Laura Jezef for those who don't know me and this is my special guest Kylie Rankin um, before I introduce the beautiful Kylie uh, we are talking today about everything pelvic floor everything mums need to know postpartum uh, stuff that uh, mums come to me asking stuff that Kylie comes to me ask um, come, gets asked uh, stuff that came up for me as a postpartum mum that I wish I knew at the time. Uh, for those who don't know, I'm a pre and postpartum trainer and I work with specialists like Kylie because they are they specialise in their own field and they kind of get the inside scoop, as it were. I, there's only so much I can do with look and feel. So that's why it's so important to work. If you're working with a personal trainer, work with a pelvic floor specialist as well. It's so important. Um, a bit about my story, why I believe Kylie is the best person to speak on pelvic floor, for one, is that I've tried four, I went to four different pelvic floor physios in my time. My son's now three. And I they were all fine. Um, I also didn't realize how, much of an issue I had because no one really explained postpartum that having a levator avulsion which for those who don't know is muscle coming off the pubic bone um, is an issue and um, having fourth degree tears is an issue but they were they didn't explain to me postpartum how much I need to work on this and how much support I need to get it was kind of brushed off a little bit um, but I I knew something things weren't right for me so I, I sought care and I saw four different physios and they're all fine. Like, like I said, but ultimately I want gold standard um, and I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to be leaking all the time. And I wanted to get back to normal exercise and um, yeah. So then I, I found Kylie. So she actually trains pelvic physios in pelvic floor, which is why I brought her here. But Kylie, you can explain a little bit more about yes. yourself. Absolutely. Well, hi, everyone. I am Kylie Rankin, and I have been a physio for about 23 years. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I've specialised in the area of women's health initially for 15 years. And before then, I was actually an aerobics instructor, um, and I have a background <laughs> yeah. in the fitness industry. And through, um, through uh, aerobics, got into Pilates, and through Pilates, discovered the core, um, and it was just a natural progression to get into more of that intrinsic musculature and inner unit, and I found a passion for women's health, and then after having my daughter, who is now 12, um, it really hit home of just the importance of good comprehensive care in this sector of, of health. Um, but yeah, so I own and direct uh, and run Pivotal Physiotherapy, we're a, a women's health uh, and a co collaborative 
um, health practice in North Adelaide. So we have 16 staff now, which yeah, is exciting. Over, the, over the last few years. Uh, but, yes, I absolutely think it is such a privileged position to be in in order to help women in that postpartum um, yeah. period and all throughout pregnancy, really. Yeah. Yes, I love floor is my bag. Yeah, <laughs> I love your passion. And it came across in, in the consultation that we had um, and the numerous, numerous appointments that we've had after. Um, what really stuck with me with you was that you said to me that I am not broken. Just because I have a levator revulsion doesn't mean that there's not other things that we can do to help get me back up to a uh, functional place with That's my body. Right. And no one had said that to me. Everyone had said, this is an issue. There's no surgery for this yet, but ultimately you need surgery for this. There's like good luck with it. And that's what I want listeners to understand that whatever you've been dealt with postpartum, you can get so much improvement from getting the right care. Yeah. And everyone is an individual. And I think that is a really important take home message as well. And that's why I guess the importance of assessment and a good, a good support network around you, because Commonly, I have women that have been gaslit or dismissed or haven't had adequate follow-up care, and then they're sort of left, and and really they need to have specialists that are advocating for them. They need to have their support people advocating for them, and definitely in the whole whole women's health region, um, incontinence, bowel, bladder prolapse, um, tears, avulsion, rehab of the pelvic floor, that's the women's health physios, we really have such an important role in all of that and things can improve and be helped. Absolutely. Yeah, you yeah. know what I want to get into um, yes. a little bit later, what to do if you don't have tearing and avulsions and the really dramatic stuff, the way you're feeling the symptoms, but you still, why is it still important to get checked? So say you're a postpartum yeah. mum. Yeah. When should you be getting checked? And is it normal to leak as soon as you've had a baby? And, right. and for how long? Okay. Well, the, the whole process of pregnancy, your pelvic floor. Now, this is where this is such a contentious issue. I love it. I love it. <laughs> the, the question that is posed commonly, should we pelvic floor train when we're pregnant? And... Mm. That is really interesting. And I think, look, this is that is your pelvic floor. So this is the front, this is the back, this is the platform, this is actually part of the hip complex, these are part of the bottom complex or the glute complex. But the pelvic floor, in essence, is this is the vagina and this is the anus through here. Um, the pelvic floor rim it goes all the way through to the front of the pelvis. And this is where we're talking about avulsion. There's the point commonly where the muscle can come away from the bone. Um, but that is a platform supporting your baby and your mm. organs. And if you are remaining dry, you're not having any fecal or urinary incontinence, you're doing a bloody good job holding that baby in. And I think the areas where we are focused on are the areas of coordination, mm. endurance, and strength. And if you are able to coordinate your pelvic floor to give enough support of the bladder, and this is our little bladder, mm -hmm. pelvic floor goes around like that. And so when we have a baby sitting very close to the bladder and you cough and you're, you, um, you, 
put pressure on the bladder, it's almost like a sauce bottle and you're squishing it and the wee's going to come out if the pelvic floor is not providing adequate support with the tummy muscles to close around the urethra and the bladder base. Yeah. So if that's happening and you're not leaking, you're doing an amazing job. But what I actually think is important is to teach coordination because as that baby grows, there's more and more fascial drag. So mm. inside your pelvis, it's like a puppet. Like you, your organs are like little puppets on, and they're being suspended from here, all these inter, interpelvic fascia. That's under drag because your baby is getting heavier, your uterus is getting heavier. So it's putting tension and stress through the connective tissue, including the pelvic floor. Then you think, okay, having had the delivery, depending on, you know, how we deliver, there has mm -hmm. to be change in our body. So if you have a cesarean, you haven't escaped fatigue issues. Yes, yeah. you've escaped things passing through, and that's more, um, more change in the structure that has to be re rehabilitated. But definitely there's much more rehab pelvic floor-wise with the vaginal delivery and that carries, I guess, more risk with tearing and mm. um, and avulsion because you don't have that risk with a cesarean section. But cesareans are major surgery. So with anything, be it Caesar or vaginal delivery, I feel you do need to be checked. And I encourage all of our patients that come through Pivotal and that are referred through various, um, you know, ports of calls through Adelaide that come in to see us. Mm. Yeah, it is important because... We need to check, as I mentioned, those three areas, the endurance, the strength, the coordination, the tone of the muscle, which is different to strength. Mm. So strength is the ability of the muscle to contract, generate force. Tone is resistance to pressure or stretch. Mm. So you can have with function, you can have high tone, low tone, or just right tone, and every woman is different. And you don't know that until you check. No. Exactly. But we, also, but we also check the organ position and check the pro or prolapse. So, so you can actually detect whether you are at risk of a prolapse, even if you've just given birth, everything's been fine, there's no tearing, um, you carried your baby well, you had a good pregnancy, and then you could still be at risk of a prolapse. Yes, you could. And technology and in the area of women's health and I think why I'm so passionate about women's health is the fact that we are very evidence-based so everything that we do is supported by research and evidence and what we have found out with transperineal ultrasound it's where you have the, the perineum mm. they actually take an ultrasound machine and they they put the transducer here and they can actually have a look at the space at the very top end of the vagina and the supportive tissues up through here. And I don't know if any of you out there have heard of the term G8 plus TV. It's, it's trending on a lot of the social media. Oh, right. But no. what, what, is, what is that? Yeah, what right. is it? Let's, let's dive deep, shall <laughs> we? Okay. G8 refers to genital hiatus. So that is where we take a measurement, and often we use one of these. These are called a little pop stick. And in the gynae beds, you can actually do it that way. But because we've got a bed, I actually put the one or the zero at the rectum. Measure mm. from the rectum, mid rectum, all the way up through to mid urethra. Okay, but we break those measurements down to two. The GH is 
urethra to this part here called the posterior fourchette. And then and that is the genital hiatus, which correlates with the expansion of the top of the vagina. And then the PB is perineal body, which is from this point to the center part of the anus. So what we actually have found is that under Valsalva, now that, what is Valsalva? Valsalva <laughs> All is, these words. Oh, my just... goodness, it's like a different language. But what is the real enemy postnatally is mm. intra-abdominal pressure. Okay. And when we talk about, let's just actually we'll pause on the GH plus PB because I want to actually talk about intra-abdominal pressure. Yeah. We have a cylinder of support, and that is made up from pelvic floor at the bottom, deepest layer of tummy muscles, back muscles, and the top part is the diaphragm or the breathing muscle. And there are pressure changes in that cylinder of support all the time. When we breathe in, the diaphragm depresses down, it sucks air into our lungs. When we breathe out, it recoils. Mm -hmm. The pelvic floor is marrying the gentle adjustments in pressure all the time. Yep. And the pressure has to go somewhere. So if we're not controlling and coordinating the muscles in the pelvic floor, back and tummy, then we can have destructive forces that can cause prolapse. We can have herniation through the tummy, back bulges or disc herniation, we, you know, it can come up and that's when we vomit. So intra-abdominal pressure can be managed well with correct education from PTs yeah. <laughs> and with us um, pelvic floor physios teaching coordination. Mm. So when that pressure hits, we've got enough support around the bladder, around closing the holes through here because this is vulnerable space. This is really vulnerable. Sure. Because the pelvic design is excellent. We can get babies out. We get things in and out. Mm. But really, after a baby, this is if this is wide and gaping, then things can fall through it if you're not controlling your intra-abdominal pressure. So yeah. PHPB, let's go back to that. So if you have under Valsalva, now Valsalva is holding your breath and pushing down. So it's increasing your intra-abdominal pressure. Yeah. If you can't Valsalva, a cough can emulate that intra-abdominal Sneezing. pressure. Sneezing, yeah. Sneezing, coughing, mm-hmm. lifting, pushing, pulling, all of that can increase intra-abdominal pressure. Yeah. Again, with why that, it's so important when you're lifting weights to know how to lift a weight without adding the intra-abdominal pressure on your pelvic floor. Oh, my God, yes. Absolutely. So when we're talking about risk factors mm. for postpartum mamas without, say, you haven't had a tear, haven't had an instrumental delivery, you haven't got an avulsion, um, and, again, all of those things we check intravaginally, but say on Valsalva, when they're bearing down under pressure, they balloon, we call it ballooning, they balloon out to greater than 10 centimetres. It means that that space correlates with expansion on the inside and then mm. that's an increased risk because it's the connective tissue is is open and gaping and things can fall through yeah. so what in in cases and there are definitely some cases that i've seen recently that postpartum mum doesn't have a prolapse but has all the risk factors so they mm. may have had an avulsion um, not yeah actually they may have had an avulsion instrumental delivery and they've got a really big gh plus pb yeah i would strongly suggest using a pessary or a support device intravaginally to help to protect the organs descent mm. so they don't develop a 
prolapse until their tone and their strength and their their fundamental parameters imp improve to the point where they can actually um, regain some function and then they don't need to use a pessary. But pessaries can be really, really protective. Yeah, definitely. Um, we for were even people, discussing not, it for yeah. us. Yeah, for some. Yeah, it's for always some. about not the sizing. For some. Mm. Um, I want to talk more about that actually a bit later. Um, so when it comes to when you've just given birth to baby, um, I had my friend who's two weeks postpartum and she was like, I need to do some pelvic floor work and I need to do some core training. I'm really freaking out. Um, what should I do? I was like, hold on a minute. It's been two weeks. Give yourself a break. You need to heal. But when is the right time to go and see you? Okay. Interesting. Uh, I would say, so it depends on what care plan, what, what, um, because you know, you go to the, the GP for your six week yeah, checkup, right. so safe return that, to exercise. Yeah. <laughs> up, up until it depends. Okay. Depends on so many factors. Yeah. One is how you're coping mentally, how yeah. your baby is, how settled, um, the baby is, it's such a life flux of change. So if you've got your life in order and you can get out of the house and you're you're able to get out and about, usually about that six week mark. Yeah. But six weeks is six weeks down the track. So you don't want to get, like start something early when you haven't been assessed. So yeah. I would say if you're still bleeding and if you're still recovering, six weeks is is really up into that six week point walking. Walking is brilliant mm. to be able to exercise, just to get out and about and get endorphins for your system. I use a guide, whatever is heavy as equivalent to baby, because babies coming out about three, three and a half kilos, sometimes less, sometimes more, nothing heavier than baby the yeah. first six weeks. And I think that things to be mindful of, washing. <laughs> yeah. That's a new, that's a new, you know, area. Yeah. Um, but lots of that. Mm -hmm. Just reducing the load, reducing the weight, um, being mindful of not bending from your hips, getting down or sort of picking things up from waist height. Yeah. All of those things will help to reduce the intra-abdominal pressure. Yeah. That's, your first, that's the first challenge point in anything is actually getting that under control. Okay, perfect. Uh, I would say roughly about once you've had a check off from your GP or your gynae, you can absolutely come and see us about the same time. Okay, brilliant um and is it common to leak in that time it's just a standard thing if you've had a vaginal delivery oh okay this is now i have a cesarean right yeah, but i yeah. i i have heard lots and lots about you know the, the initial feeling and a girlfriend of mine described it beautifully and she said when she stood she just felt the wind blow through her and there's such yes Fanny parts and yeah, things like everything, that. Everything, everything. Mm -hmm. Now, look, normal. I don't like the word normal. No. I said it is super common <laughs> after you have just passed a big, big baby out of a very relatively small hole. Yeah, mums are amazing. Amazing, amazing. But I would say we need to get that under control as soon as possible. But, yes, mama's leak, yes, absolutely there can be nerve damage there can mm. be such significant changes to the length and tension relationship of muscles and nerves that can cause leaking to occur and I think that really leading up to having baby to come and see someone like us uh, that can teach you how to correctly contract your pelvic floor so mm. when baby's out you can start to 
bring back the memory to the muscle and then get that skill set improved as soon as you can. So yeah. by, by stopping a wee and stopping a fart and getting the feedback to the muscles is yeah. really important. But, yes, I, it does happen. And I think it's important too, and you mentioned it initially, Lara, you're not broken. You know, yeah. I, I think anyone that comes in in whatever state, I will always, always re-emphasise that fact you are never broken. Yeah. And whatever we can do, we can, we can make improvements. So it's important to see you, um, but also be kind to yourself in that, it doesn't have to be a rush. This bullshit about bouncing back and have to be ready, you know, all slim and trim and all your pelvic floor has to be perfect. It's such a short space of time. It's best to go slow and then yes. progress slowly, work on your foundations. And you don't yes. have to, if you're not ready after six weeks, that's okay. Absolutely. There's, there shouldn't be any timeline that we should all adhere to. Mm. Everyone is an individual and depending on trauma depending on psychosocial factors support factors baby factors definitely you know, there's it, you, you can't just say right by six weeks you're going to be you know dry yeah. and you're going to be able to you know do boot camp no way I couldn't even leave the house for three months I was just <laughs> planning on trying to get to my park that was 10 minute walk yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I just I think Less is more sometimes, and it depends on the individual. So some women who are fit and, you know, running through pregnancy and um, have the muscle memory in their bodies, they could probably, you know, do more earlier, but there are some that can't. And I don't think one woman should peg themselves against another by any stretch. Definitely. And I think sometimes it's great to have some of these um, in the UK, they call them NCT classes and here they call them, um, I can't remember. I went to some and postpartum, postpartum um, classes. Or yeah, like classes? mums and bubs. Well, postpartum uh, classes for your first time mums. Oh, um, okay. Yes, yes, yes. And I found that I felt worse after being there because I was comparing myself to other mums and no one had been through the sort of trauma that I had been through. So I was like, wow, what's going on with me? Why am I struggling? Why, what's going on? But um, yeah, so important to know that you're all different. All different, all different. And you know, from one pregnancy to another in the same woman is different as well. Yeah. So I think that there's a lot of pressure that mums say, oh, well, that, that, you know, I could have a vagina delivery in the first baby or I wasn't able to, you know, it's, it's, it's a slippery slope that we peg one baby against another, one pregnancy against another, mm -hmm. but it is a miracle for us to be able to do what we do oh and our God, bodies yeah. are uh, incredible. incredible I love that you spoke about pregnancy um I was going to touch on that anyway which was I didn't know um that because I had checked um been checked by you and now I'm pregnant 20 weeks yay um yay <laughs> and I because obviously you checked me with endurance and strength before I was pregnant yeah. to do with my avulsion and things and I was so much different when I got pregnant and I was only you checked me probably like eight weeks and I yeah. and I said why have I lost all this endurance and strength and you said do not worry no. your body is inflamed like you are you are changing mm. it's actually it's it's not inflammation so much but it is actually hormonal changes mm. and things I, I noticed it in myself when I was pregnant that before being pregnant, you have a very definitive on and off mm. and you can 
feel your muscle engage and then let go. Yeah. You call it the gray zone. You don't yeah. really know if you're on. You don't really know. If you're yeah. On. And I felt like I was Nothing. really doing this strong. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. Nah, it feels puffy. What's going on there? Yes. Puffy. I call, I, do you know what I call it? Juicy hamburger. Because <laughs> and no one. No one discusses the whole the discharge and. Oh my god! You know, There's always I've got so much more discharge, and yes. I, if I hadn't have read or spoken to you about yes. it, you'd be like, "Oh, there's something wrong." No, no, and it's just everything feels full because you've got mm. so much increase in blood flow, blood volume. Um, yeah. Everything is just on down there. So yeah. that is that is all good. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, I want to talk about Kegels. Oh, now, yes, this yes. is fun, obviously, um, because <laughs> postpartum or even if you're pregnant, you get told, just do your Kegels. You're like, for one, what is a Kegel? I get asked also, how do you do Kegels? Because oh. some people say, how do you do you do the front? Do you do the back? Um, people get confused. Oh, I love it. How do you what suck in? Lots of people questions. breathe in through their belly. Um, should you even be doing Kegels? Oh, oh, so I know you'll oh, love this one. Okay. Kegels. Kegels, I think, you know, the term Kegels, I think it's very Americanized. Yeah, it sounds it. Attraction. Okay. Yeah. I find that every, again, individuals, everyone is cued differently. Sometimes people need to see on ultrasound. So sometimes we use ultrasound transvaginally mm. um, to see the muscles move. Some are very much triggered with description or um, imagery cues. But I find the best thing, we've all had a fart that has come at inconvenient times. So we all sort of know how to stop Oops, a fart. just slipped out. Yeah. <laughs> yes, prop dusting. Yes, um, or, it happens uh, at the most awkward position, yeah. like if you're in a yoga class or something. Exactly. Well, stopping wee. So stopping mm. a wee and stopping a fart, mm. I think a great cues the anterior and posterior compartment so it should be front and back when you do a kegel well look you want all of it Mm. so we want puborectalis and pubococcygeus and iliococcygeus so these will it's almost like this it's like pull forward and lift up that's sort of the mechanism and how the pelvic floor will work but you want front middle and back but every woman is going to be triggered differently and engage differently depending on what cue works for them so i i start off by cueing stop a wee stop a fart then we come up with a little ingenious cue think of your vagina like an octopus and you're going to use your octopus vagina (laughs) up and out of the tissue box Mm. so you're getting i think the take-home message with kegels or with pelvic floor contraction or a voluntary squeeze is that it needs to be up. It cannot be down because our pelvic floor can bear down, but it also can draw up. And it needs to be an up and in, not a down and out. Yeah. What was the next question? So that was the kiggles. Oh, is it yeah. appropriate for everyone to do them? Yes. Now, I, oh, this is Because you too. get told that standard, just do yeah, your yeah, kiggles. Yeah. I think depending on what your symptoms are. So if you have an underactive pelvic floor so just say postpartum mm-hmm. your pelvic floor will need to be strengthened i would almost say 90 percent of women postpartum needs to improve their base parameters and strength endurance and that's interesting so generally when you've given birth even if you start off being hypertonic pelvic floor you would still um need to strengthen because it's likely that you're weaker 
I would, I said 90, around about 90%. I would still best to everyone, check. Everyone, everyone needs to be checked. That's why you need to get checked. They do need to because I can't say. I can't, yeah. I actually can't say that. And I look really 90, 90%, I pulled that out of my head. So I don't know. But it's just more, yeah, you're say, finding more I common. I would say large majority would need to get back to baseline, which yeah. is I see a very, very large cohort of women who are overactive. Yes. Overactive for so many different reasons. So if they have pain conditions like endo or interstitial cystitis or things that constipation, constipation, constipation um, straining, um, painful that, sex as well, isn't that? Oh, one? yes. Oh, they're, they're all different little rabbit holes we can go and do deep dives. You know in. what I loved was when you said um, you can get the same symptoms as a overactive and an, and underactive. an underactive you can still leak with both yes yes you can absolutely you can so you want to again obviously be individually assessed but if you're overactive and you have issues with constipation and you have coordination issues that when you are contracting when you're wanting to relax you contract and when you're contracting you're relaxing mm. all of those things we can help with and retrain and you would not want to um, provide a strengthening program for someone that has an, an inability to let go when they mm. need to actually have the skill set to relax and to downtrain rather than to uptrain. So sometimes doing a strength program and strengthening and doing your kegels if you're overactive is actually going to cause you more harm than good. Mm. Definitely adding to that issue. Um, yeah. So what is best to do if... If you can't get seen straight away by a physio, um, what could you do in the meantime? So I think just starting to feel your own landscape. Now, not everyone feels comfortable popping their fingers in their vagina, but I strongly I couldn't. I couldn't. (laughs) Yeah. No, because you For a long time. And you think, I don't actually. It's going to look like a smashed egg. (laughs) I don't want to see it. I don't want to feel it. (laughs) But I'm in the shower. I we have to have a really good conversation about lube because I'm yes I wanted I want to yeah, talk we'll about touch that. On that but definitely in the shower with some lube like olive and bee that doesn't run off um yes under water um that's one of the right back <laughs> and you can actually put it um on your lips because it's also natural yeah. <laughs> olive and bee um is an amazing product it's called the Instant cream and it's probably one of the my favorite products because it mm. is organic the only issue with this, if you are using condoms for a contraceptive, do not use it because the oil and condoms is not compatible. So like a water-based or a silicon-based lube, um, four seasons glow-in-the-dark tube, not the lube, um, is a good suggestion okay. for that. But this is great. So you can start to self-explore and just get to know how your body is feeling if, if you feel comfortable, sort of around about the six-week mark. Um, and then... Just feel how your muscles are moving onto your finger. So you pop your finger inside the vagina and then you can just gently squeeze and release and just get to know the feedback loop from brain to muscle, basically. And it's important to have a distinct on or squeeze and a distinct release. So you can do that. Is it good to test your um, wee flow, like holding your wee? Okay, that's a really good question. Um, well, actually, from squeezing, I would say day one. So once baby comes out, start to squeeze. Just okay. start to get the feeling of those muscles again. So just, you know, 
stopping a wee, you don't want to do it all the time. Now I'm going to hone in. So this little bit here, mm. this is the urethra meatus or the external urethral sphincter. Now, when you stop your wee, you're actually testing the integrity of that urethra. So it's important for you to be able to stop your wee because it means that the pelvic floor is doing the right thing. But it's mm. also, it is actually testing the integrity of the urethra closure because that's the end point where it needs to be really patent to stop the dribbling in the leaks. So, and it's also dependent on how stable your bladder base is and how stable the urethra is as well. So sometimes you can have migration of that urethra away from the the fascia behind it and then you can dribble and you can leak so that's a whole different conversation oh, yeah. to have but but basically you yes testing it once off is actually a great idea doing it every time you go to the toilet or in a habit will actually confuse brain bladder and pelvic floor and there's such an interconnected network of um pathways that mm. does control that urinary mechanism you don't yeah. want to stuff that up and I'm, I actually want to talk, touch a little bit on that bladder stuff shortly. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. Because it's so important. So, so just to summarise, yeah. squeezing from day one, yeah. uh, but get assessed and yeah. see what you actually need. Because I think following YouTube and following, you know, everyone do, you know, 10 lots of 10, yeah. um, you know, I think that is that is used, I guess, as a benchmark in some, some situations. There's, yeah. It was really... Um, a big study done to try and, and come up with a formula for the most effective, um, I guess, uh, program postnatally yeah. for women um, to get the muscles to hypertrophy the quickest. And they found that a 10-second hold times 10 repetitions three times a day mm. plus 10 quick lifts and doing the nap was actually a really good way of getting those muscles to respond quickly. Okay. That, number one, some women can't even get to 10 seconds. I'm not, I was on six before I was pregnant, yeah. so it wouldn't help yeah, me. <laughs> you know what? That's that's too generalist. And I think yeah. that it is a benchmark, but it, not everyone is achievable with that benchmark. I love and, that you brought that up because it's yeah. a common one for especially people asking about, oh, I'll just do my 10 and 10 kilos. <clears throat> it's like, okay, just yeah, hold in a minute. I want to <laughs> go, to, I just want to touch on a little bit because with me I had obviously a physical and an emotional traumatic birth I um, wouldn't have been able to feel inside it would be too much for me and I, I wouldn't have been able to get a uh, an internal assessment for a while um, I'm wondering for any listeners who have experienced a pretty traumatic birth what could they do to get help um, there are a lot of organisations out there. Um, Panda, uh, there is um, GPs also um, can, you need a good GP. Um, there are some Tricky amazing... with GPs because they, yeah, some of them brush you off, don't they? Yep. And then just... Yeah, absolutely. So I just think, or, you know, pelvic floor physios, we're not trained. We just need to be very, very careful as physiotherapists, I think, to work within the scope of practice. Yeah. We're not trained psychologists. We are physios. So we yeah. do musculature but we can definitely refer on and mm. I do commonly and finding a good psychologist or counsellor is I think a really important adjunct as part yeah. of that support healthy um 
supportive environment postnatally. Yeah. Um, I actually have decided I'm going to go and do my advanced training in masters and actually eventually into the psychotherapy side of things. Yeah, which I love. The area that is so important and um, we need we need that support for women. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. But yeah, so there are organisations. There's birth trauma um, organisations, panda organisation. Um, but yeah, at the end of this, I can list. Yeah, um, I'll pop in the links below for anyone who's it. experienced yeah, that. Um, absolutely. Get care. Um, you touched on uh, lube. I want oh, to talk lube. about sex okay. because I had one of my friends who I mentioned who's three weeks postpartum. She feels guilty for not having sex with her husband yet. And I'm like, hang on a minute. Something's just come out of your vagina and you're OK <laughs> to not put a penis in there for a little yeah. while until you're ready. But yeah. um, again, is there a normal or should you um, just <laughs> listen that, to your body and what you're comfortable with doing? Uh, I could not agree more, Lara. I think normal I don't even, I, again, don't like that word. Throw it away. It, you know, it is such, it's, it's a, such a sensitive topic. And I think the number of women post-vaginal delivery that do suffer trauma is actually not even touched on. And I no. think that we, we as women are bloody amazing, but we don't give the time often to ourselves that is needed to heal and recover. And no. as soon as that baby has thrust into the world, you are your primary carer. And so that emphasis and that caring comes away from you and onto your baby. And I think that then you're about you you are responsible for your baby. Maybe some other children are already in the Yeah. Then and then your husband do... as well. And you're like Exactly. I was about to say, and then yeah. you feel guilty because you're not giving him attention. He's not getting, you know, needs met. But you know, you're a team. And I think you need to have that open communication with with each other and you don't have to have penetrative sex you can actually be intimate in other ways and I think that bringing back that libido into a relationship you're more likely to want to to have sex and be intimate if you are feeling that you're being nurtured and supported and loved from day dot and yes you know help with the chores and help with the house cleaning and help with everything and then you're more likely to say right you've done the dishes then yeah I'm, I'm feeling hot for you now you've helped me out come on <laughs> that's my language of love <laughs> yeah exactly um I think I love that you said that intimacy is not just penetrative sex mm. other things by just but him helping like, you out cuddles yeah, body body mapping even getting to know your body again because it's going to be different landscapes so yeah. you're and the nerve supply is going to be changed um in like in the initial stages so even like you know touching of the neck and the chest and the back and arms and things that aren't going to be so confrontational and then getting to the vulva and actually getting onto the soft tissues and getting to you know even inner thighs and areas that are not pushing inside the vagina initially yeah really um helping just to to rehab nurturing as well it's quite nice and caressing and absolutely but I also cannot emphasize the importance of lube because I so through the ages right so I'm dealing with pre-adolescence all the way through to 90 90 year old plus yeah and a lot of the younger women I see they say well I'm wet enough I don't need lube lube is so important for comfortable sex and Mm. I think that 
even if you have wetness there, it sometimes isn't enough. And the drag of the tissues, and particularly if you are suffering any pain conditions and, and you know, dys dyspneuria um, or painful sex conditions, either sort of on the vulva outside area or deeper penetrative issues, lube is going to be your friend. So, and post, post baby, yeah. oh my gosh, on the tip of the penis, shaft of the penis, I always say, go have a wee, get your lube, shove it, shove it. Stop it, yeah. inside the vagina all yeah. the way in around the vulva and then you're good to go nice i um love that you just brought up pain because um what like some mums may experience pain when they've given birth and they've had sex for the first time when is it not right to feel pain when it that's a really good question look you if you have had tissue that has been stretched, torn, um, is recovering, is inflamed, you would want to wait for a certain amount of time for that to have healed. Mm. And I think if we're talking timeline, we want to really, again, work with the individual and work with what feels right for their body. And I think if you can, you yourself as, as the woman, be able to touch around the area and it doesn't hurt and you can insert your finger inside your vagina and it doesn't hurt yeah. you can, you, or maybe one or two fingers and, you, and it doesn't hurt, and that's a good indication. Sometimes pain conditions can occur and they can become really heightened to the point where you can't have any touch around the vestibule or the, the area of the vulva. That right. is heightened and angry. That is an issue the point where you can't get any stretch around that the opening of the vagina that's an issue any deeper penetration and every time the pe penis goes in and that hurts and you are you're cramping and you can't and you spasm that's an issue so yes there's going to be probably a little bit of i think it's multifactorial you're nervous yes pressing you're going to be tightening because there's a big fat thing coming in there yeah and of already traumatized tissue um i think i think you just need to be really kind to yourself and yeah. slow and communicate with your partner as much as you can i think but that's so important because i i feel like mum's put this pressure on themselves to be the best for everyone I've got this baby and now I need to satisfy my husband again because I've given birth and yes. he's not had sex for x number of whatever yes. but I think being open with your husband and being okay with talking to him honestly him or yeah. her about like how you're feeling yes um and that you still love them you still and find them attractive together. and I think that you know massage can be such a beautiful intimate, intimate yeah. thing but talking about pain, pain can also be present in the, the muscle bellies of the muscle. So sometimes when the penis goes in and and it can actually be pushing upon the, the deeper structures, that we can treat. And I can teach how to self-release with, with um, devices like pelvic wands and dilators and even physio techniques of, of down-training the pelvic floor. So all of that can be assisted with to desensitize not only the brain-centralized components, but also the, the muscle components of pain. So that's where, again, you would want to come in and get some help if yeah. it is becoming an issue. Okay, amazing. Um I want to go through before we 
before we run out of time, um, I find the knack very, very important. And I'd love you to explain it because we spoke about coughing and sneezing and how that yeah. seems to be a common thing for mums. Like they have to stop and sort of brace because otherwise they'll leak if they sneeze or cough or anything like that or laugh too much. <laughs> um, so could you explain the knack to everyone, yeah, please? sure. The knack is actually, uh, I, I think it's... It, Whenever I just ex- explain the word the knack, people just giggle because it is such a funny <laughs> thing. And we, we as public for um, pelvic health physios, yeah, uh, it's just like you know the knack is just we're ingrained. It it's is, ingrained now for me, so you've done well, <laughs> and it, and good. I'm glad. <laughs> now, what it is is it's actually a um a term given to an exercise that's really targeting the coordination elements. So what we mentioned before and we touched on about the bladder so stress urinary incontinence is actually where intra-abdominal pressure the closing mechanisms around the sphincters is not adequate and you haven't got a lot of stability of the bladder base that when pressure from inside hits coughing sneezing jumping sex laughing picking children off the floor anything that's increasing the pressure it pushes down you haven't got adequate support and oftentimes the muscles aren't helping to reinforce they're not doing the right thing at the right time and that means then that you've got that source bottle and squish out comes the weed so what the knack is is the ability of bringing on the pelvic floor muscles in time before intra-abdominal pressure hits now we can't generate intra-abdominal pressure easily but we can with a little cough so it goes like this so it's closing off, <laughs> closing off the back of the throat, see the glottis, <laughs> and it's a little cough. See, there's no one else in here. Everyone Besides, can do it now. So listen, so we can, so, so what we're going to do, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to okay. do pelvic floor contraction on yep. <laughs> and then let it go. So you're going to contract your pelvic floor, hold it, cough, <laughs> and then let it go. And don't so cough in cough. people's faces, everyone. No, it, it's COVID yeah. is around. <laughs> my door is shut. We're not having masks <laughs> exactly. on. I can spread the germs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it is getting the support on before intra-abdominal hits. And that is one of the things I will, it doesn't matter what woman comes in here, even if they have an overactive pelvic floor, knacking is important because oh, interesting. you, need, you need that coordination, that support. So, so going to lift your child up if they're heavy. So you, yeah, so, and also if you lift, lifting particularly toddlers, yeah. get them to pull onto a chair, lift them up from waist height. Don't try and bend from the floor. Anything heavy, get them from waist height because okay. that's going to be less intra-abdominal pressure. Yeah. But so let's let's pretend, ready? We've got our baby, waist height. So we're going to knack, contract your pelvic floor, lift your baby, pop your baby back down, and then relax the pelvic floor. So yeah. you're holding the pelvic floor on, for the length that you need it. Shopping bag. You've got your shopping, shopping bags. Bag. Yeah. Contract your pelvic floor. Pick up your shopping bag. Put it in the trolley and then relax your pelvic floor. That yep. is how you do the knack. Perfect. I love it. it. Yeah, it's just ingrained in me and it'll slowly become ingrained in people. The more they do it, the more it just seems like a normal thing to do. Yes, absolutely. It's and like- it is, and also what it's doing is supporting the whole cylinder of support. Mm. So your tummy muscles, your back muscles and your diaphragm. And if you have back pain, and oftentimes pelvic floor weakness and back pain, there can be correlation. That inner core unit. Yeah. 
but yeah, so you need to, and you would see that all the time, Lara, with all the yeah. amazing PT work. Always do. about pelvic floor, um, men or women. Like we Absolutely. About. Yes. And we at Pivot also do men. So yes, yes. Which I love. Yes. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's normalize that too. But absolutely. anyway, we're doing helping mums at the moment. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Before we go, last question. Sure. Um, what should mums look out for in a good pelvic floor assessment? Because there's been mums come to me and they said that they've been assessed by pelvic floor and they said, you're all good to go. And they just did an ultrasound. There was no internal and, and they didn't even do any sort of help with that person. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I think the golden standard, yes. if you, if a woman is consenting now, Consent is essential, okay? And, yes, there is trauma and every woman is different. So mm. I do, when someone comes to see me at Pivotal, I take my time and I will do an hour initial of just talking, gleaning information, establishing rapport, getting to know what your needs are. But when it comes to an assessment, we want to be able to check the muscles on the outside have a look at where they're sitting in relation to the sit bones, having a look at the perineum position, if it's descended or if it's up or if it's sitting level. We want to see the coordination of the active voluntary contraction of the muscles contracting and relaxing, seeing an anal wink or seeing the external anal sphincter, having a look at what the perineum is doing, having a look at what the vulval tissues are doing, mm. then getting them to cough and see if there's any descent and getting them to think, do a knack and see if there's support with the tissues. And then you need to palpate the pelvic floor. You need yeah. to feel what the individual muscles are doing, how they're contracting, how they're relaxing, what their tone is, what one side is in comparison to the other. Is there any deficits? Has there been nerve damage? Which was um, key what... with mine, wasn't it? Once exactly. we found one side was stronger, it was over-accommodating because I was getting pain in my hip on my left yes. side because my left was stronger because my right had the evolution it was weaker right. that's right and often you see that I almost explain it like reins in a horse ideally perfect world you want those reins to be pulling evenly but oftentimes what happens if there is an evolution or if there is a deficit on one side the other side may be compensating or there may be parts of that deficit side or a deficient side that other parts are overcompensating and mm. so you can have that in compartments as well you can have um fascial uh compromise in the central compartment or the front compartment and the back compartment's over tight so it and you can't tell unless you get in and onto those muscles and checking organ position checking mm. prolapse assessing your risk factors for uh, for prolapse and that all can be done in a really good pelvic floor assessment. And so it's not enough just to by doing an ultrasound. I when you're doing some some people can do a, a transverse tummy ultrasound yeah. that can show the bladder neck. It can show the bladder base, but it doesn't show the integrity of the pelvic floor. It shows the and movement of the pelvic floor. It can it? show the movement you... of the pelvic floor, but it doesn't show what one site all of those individual muscles are doing and how they relate to each other and what the landscape is if there's any tender points of, of tightness or nerve damage we can't tell that with an ultrasound mm. even a transperineal ultrasound looking through the perineum it's not a gold standard the gold standard is getting onto that pelvic floor and having a feel through yeah and 
get getting that check done, like whatever stage, whether you have symptoms or not, it's best to know now to prevent things from happening in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. And prevention is key. And I love prehab. And prehab's better than rehab, I say. (laughs) Uh, But rehab's good too. But yes, no, get in there before things can can, um, get worse amazing is the key thank you so much kylie i could i've still got questions to ask you maybe we could do another one because there's so much we could cover um we'll definitely do it again yes another deep dive we'll do some more deep dives i like deep dives i love it (laughs) um i'm gonna leave um all of your details um show notes below so you can get in contact with kylie um, she also does telehealth. So if you aren't located in Adelaide and you can't get to her, but you really like the sound of her, um, you can still do video calls with her Absolutely. and still do assessments yeah. that way. Um, please make sure that if you are getting back into exercise, please get checked by a pelvic floor specialist and have if you aren't working with a PT, have them explain to you what to do when it comes to doing core work and um using your breath and your pelvic floor when it comes to doing lifting and things like that um also i we're really passionate about trying to get mums free care yes um for pelvic floor checks because a lot of mums say i'd love to get a check but i can't afford it there is actually epc enhanced primary care programs through gps so you can actually have five of them that are medicare funded is it that if you've you're living with a symptom for six months or more than you I can think, have that. I think that the, that is the criteria. Yeah. At, the, but, at the moment, that's what they're doing. I'd yeah. love, I've got this petition um, that I'm going to put in show notes below of trying to get Medicare to cover um, I think it actually should be encouraged. Well, it, it should, should be, be part of it. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Because there are a lot of women in the public system that hasn't that don't even know number one that they should be checked. Yeah. Number two are just falling through the cracks because the just, public health sector is overwhelmed. And yeah. really it's yeah, it's a shame. So and you shouldn't have to put up with any just because you are a postpartum mum doesn't mean you should deal with pain and uncomfortableness and feeling not yourself and just dealing with symptoms it, it you should be feeling good eventually Absolutely. so getting that yeah. right care quality of life is key and really and that's I think why I love my job so much is yeah. we're helping to restore quality of life and give women their bodies back and their femininity back and and just feeling good about themselves and not yeah. having to carry any burden of, of childbirth with them. I love that and it's about the mum why is it all yes. about the baby it's if mum is happy and healthy postpartum everyone else in the family is <laughs> I agree absolutely well, yeah thanks so much Kylie thank you so much for having me lovely chatting as always bye <laughs> bye everyone See you later. See ya.